<clears throat> this is the Livy Numbers Podcast. This is the Livy Numbers Podcast, and I am your host, Tony Rambles. And have I got a dandy for you all today. But first, go ahead and follow, like, subscribe, rate, review. Go follow me on IG at underscore Tony Rambles underscore. And I'm going to make a challenge to you all. I want you to share this with one person. Just one person who you know will enjoy it. Go ahead. Do it right now. I'll wait. This is called wait time. Okay? Let's grow this thing. It's so great to have a a wonderful audience like you all. So special. And I'm coming to you all with heavy legs because I was definitely hooping today. So I'm just a tad bit tired. It's kind of like the flu game. We'll call it that. But without further ado, we're going to get into our first number here. And that's going to be 10 years. 10 years is the average length of a friendship. Okay, I don't know where that number came from. Well, I know where it came from. I looked it up. You know, Google. Somebody did some kind of research, right? But in friendship, right, we all kind of want the same kind of stuff generally, right? You want someone you can trust. You want someone who has a sense of humor. You want friends with similar interests, right? It'll be difficult. Eh, Maybe not difficult, but it's different when I got a friend that knows sports or talks sports, basketball, football, whatever, than a friend that is not really into sports, So it's just a little bit different. We connect on a different level, right? You want friends who know how to have a good time, right? And so having a good time is different for each person and each friendship. But I wanted to take a look at underrated or undervalued friendship qualities. Now you may go, okay, what are you talking about? I'm going to start with a story. I was at a karaoke party. Spotlight Karaoke off of, uh, what is that, Westheimer? Richmond, one of those. Spotlight Karaoke is my friend's birthday. Uh, Shout out to Yimmy and Jake. Y'all are real. Good friends from the game night crew. But I get to the karaoke spot, and I walk in. You know, it's kind of uh, chill, right? But that's not what karaoke is about. Karaoke is not about chill. It's about laughing. It's about... People up, getting out of their normal selves. And of course, most importantly, it's about the music. So I look around, I'm like, uh, there's no music playing. What are we doing here? Somebody tell me what we're doing. And I just get on the, uh, I get on the laptop because they have something set up where you can play the music that our, the mics are, are set up for you. You know, you can control volume. 
that kind of stuff. You've been you've been to karaoke before. You've been to karaoke. So I go over to the laptop. I'm like, okay, I got to get this thing going. Right? I got to get the music going because what's a karaoke party without music? You tell me. I wait. I will not wait because there is no answer for that. So I hop on and I get the music going and I just start clicking through this playlist. And when I tell you there are so many songs, right? They have to have a lot of songs, karaoke. But it's just a catalog unlike any other. Tons of stuff that you know, tons of stuff that you don't know. And like it's all in one place. Usually if you go on Spotify, you go on Apple Music, you you search or you look at playlists. There's not all the music in one place. But when I went to karaoke and I get on the laptop, I'm like, all of the music is one place. If you were to scroll, it would take a while for you to get to the bottom. So that brings me to my first undervalued or underrated friendship qualities. You can use whatever word you like there. And that's being a music person. By the end of the night, no, 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 halfway through the night, I step out because my wife needs to go home. My pregnant wife, due next month. She's going home. She's heading out. They're like, hold on, wait a second. DJ, where you going? <laughs> wait a second. I'm the DJ? Apparently I am. Underrated friendship quality. The person who knows music. I remember when I went to U of H. University of Houston. I was up on all of the music that was coming out. And it was mostly hip hop. But the rappers that were underground and had the mixtapes going, I was that guy. I'm like, hey, y'all gotta check this out. Hey, y'all gotta check this out. This person they about to pop. This is good. This is good. And then if somebody would tell me about somebody, I'm like, okay, yeah, let me go check it out. And if I like A few songs of yours. I'm going to check out the whole catalog. I'm going to go see what you put out. When you first came out. And up till however many years. You've been in the game. So. Being a music person. Underrated. Okay next. A few of these I had to look up. But a few of them come from personal experience. Okay another one from personal experience. Being the moving friend. I know what I'm talking about. You know exactly who you would call if you had to move today or tomorrow. 24 hours notice. You know who you would call first. You know who you would call second. There may not even be a third. (laughs) There may not be a third. Nobody likes moving. That is a fact. So, having a moving friend, especially... Here you go. Bonus. If that friend has a pickup truck or a trailer. Underrated, undervalued friendship quality. Being a moving friend, being someone who's going to go, you know what? I understand you need to move. Go ahead and call me. I'll be there. And I had a pickup. I had an F-250 on Dooley's. Shout out to Mark. Mark's that guy. And he could pull a trailer undervalued underrated okay this one I looked up and I thought it was pretty good 
And it said the friend that gives more than they take. And of course, we're talking about money here. Especially in your early 20s, for many people, at least for us. I didn't have any money. (laughs) Didn't have much money. My friends didn't have much money. But we found a way to have some give and take. My homeboy Terrence had the car at one point. So whenever me, T, and my brother Keith will go wherever we were going, me and Keith would get the food, Terrence had the car, and it was all good. It's like, nah, you don't have to pay me back, don't worry about gas. We just figured it out amongst each other. Okay, so having that friend that'll just, you know, don't worry about it, I got you. This one's on me, and it's not a big deal. They don't bring it up. It's not something that we are keeping track of, right? At one point, me and my brother Keith, I had the car. He got the food. Real simple. Real simple. So having a friend or friends that give more than they take. If you've ever had a friend that just was always asking for money, always needed a ride, always needed this, this, and this, but they never really found a way to be helpful, Then you look at yourself like, huh, I'm sure giving a lot and I ain't getting much, right? Every relationship is some give take. So if you got a friend that's always taken, you might need to have that conversation. All right, next. Friends that are great with kids, right? As we get older, especially, I got a little boy on the way. You want to have friends that are good with kids that you can go, hey, I got to make this run right quick. You got me, you know, take care of baby Carter, my baby boy. Yeah, don't worry about it. I feel like I'm great with kids. I know I'm great with kids. I'm a teacher. Any age range. Drop him off with Uncle Tony. Okay, great with kids. That friend is a friend indeed. My boy Clint is amazing with kids. He'll gather everyone's kids up. All right, y'all get in the truck with Uncle Clint. We are going. And he'll just have them. And he'll just figure it out. Shout out to Ebony. Because you just never know what Clint's going to do. Clint's great with kids. Shout out to Clint. Brother of my homeboy Kenny. Yeah, Kenny that was on episode 10 of our Eastern and Western Conference preview. Yeah, him. But back to the kids. As we get older... And for some people, early, early on, you know, those kids are going to come. So if you got friends that are like, ah, you know, they got the kids, you know, maybe we should, you know, I'm not saying get rid of those friends. Of course not. We're not all going to have every great quality. Right. But, you know, it just makes it a little bit easier. Right. Okay, next one. And I got one more after this. The handyman slash resourceful person. Again, shout out to Mark. I needed my TV on. Now, my wife remembers this story. I really don't. I tried to hang a TV some years ago. She said it went terrible. So I'm like, dang. I guess I shouldn't hang the TV by myself. You know who I could call? I could call Mark. He knows all of this kind of stuff. And then resourceful That's Carlos. 
he's always finding some scheme, some trick. No, nah, I can't say it that way. That has a terrible negative connotation. He always finds a way to get stuff done. I'll say it like that. Finds a way to get stuff done. And has actually created an entire business for him. So you got to have friends that are handy and resourceful. Okay, my last one. Now, I do have a friend like this. I had to think about it for a second, but I do have a friend that can cook. Because you just never know when you need something catered. You just never know when you go, ah, I'm not really great at this cooking thing. Me and my wife, neither one of us like to cook. It's always one of those like, ah, ah, man, we got to cook. Ah, can't go to Whataburger every day. Can't always eat pizza. And we rarely do, honestly. You know, we save that for the weekends. But throughout the week, it's like, oh, man, we got to cook something. Okay, I got a homeboy. His name is Boston. And when I say dude could throw down, hey, Boston got it. Boston got it. Another homeboy, his name is Bishop. He got it. He caters food. Hey, they throw down. Okay. Uh, one more. One feisty chef. That's like spell out one feisty chef. She's on Instagram and she could flat out throw down. She just, I mean, you, you will make yourself hungry looking at this page. At one feisty chef. Andrew Mikas, I've known her since middle school. Right? You got to have friends that can cook. At least it's a plus. All right? And here's a bonus. A friend that can dance. Didn't write that down. But I saw a, a page on Instagram and I was like, oh, yeah, you got to have that friend that can dance. Like if you're going out, you got to have somebody who can get down. Because they bring the attention. And people are like, oh, who are they? Right? Got to have a friend that can dance. Okay. Friends, check off the list. Which brings me to my next number. And it's the scale of 1 to 10. But the question is, how likely are you to speak with a random person? Right? Setting, here we go. Coming down the elevator, you and that person. That's it. I got about eight seconds. How likely are you to talk to that person? This could be your future best friend forever. But if you never say anything, poof, your best friend's gone. Down the drain, out the elevator, down the steps, gone forever. And I thought of this because my wife and I, we were leaving the OBGYN office. And I had this book in my hand that I've been reading. It's called The Hangman's Revolution. It's part of the Warp series by Ian Colfer. He wrote Artemis File. It's called Witness Anonymous Relocation Program. They use time travel to hide people. If y'all want to know more about these books that I'm reading, definitely go follow me on Instagram. Leave some comments. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely uh, start talking about some of these books that I read. 
But back to the story. We're leaving the office, and this other couple, they're leaving as well. And I'm like, hey, congratulations. You know, they're on their, I think, first month. or It's very new, and it's their first child, too. And so me and my wife were at the end. And so we're like, congratulations. And he's like, what you reading? And I tell him. And turns out this guy's an English major. At least he was in college. So we just get to talking. I mean, good conversation. We get to the parking lot and we go our separate ways. And I think, man, should I ask for this guy's contact or maybe, maybe not. You know, you don't want to be a creeper nowadays. Everybody thinks you're weird if you want to grow a friendship or relationship, right? They're like, uh, I don't know you. Go, duh. I know I know you don't know me. That's the whole point of us exchanging contact information, right? But of course I didn't. And I just head out. Shout out to random guy and his wife. But that just got me to thinking about the whole friendship thing. And then how likely would I be to actually talk to somebody just randomly? And I think my number, my one out of 10 number, really varies depending on the place. Of course, varies depending on mood, right? We all have our good days and our our not so good days. But I think I'm about an eight or a nine. I would say I'm a nine. I say I'm about a nine. I think on my best days, I'm at about a nine. And so you just strike a conversation with people. And the easiest way to do that, here's some tips here. Compliments. Talk about something that they're wearing. Talk about something that they're holding. You can talk about them. Trying to get somebody's attention. Hey, man, that's a nice haircut. Did you do it yourself? Of course not. They have a barber. Unlike me, I used to cut my own hair until I started growing it. But my wife does it now, but... But any of those kind of things, they work. Hey, what's that book you're reading? Let me, you know, can do you mind? Or, man, where you get those shoes from? Whatever, right? If you want to strike up conversation, compliments. Very easy way in. Or we're both leaving the OBG. Man, wow, you know, babies, life-changing event. Woohoo! right? Hey, <laughs> We're both leaving the grocery store, you know, whatever. Who cares? If you want to get that conversation going, you know, strike it up. Find a way. And that leads me to my next number. Because sometimes it's not about what you know, but it's about who you know. Who you're friends with. And Tim Tebow is friends with Urban Meyer since probably about 2005 because he went to the University of Florida in 2006. Right. So that's going to be our number. 2005. The year 2005. Where Tebow gets to Florida, changes the culture, plays great. And now. 16 years later. He's really getting an opportunity that he doesn't deserve because of who he's friends with. 
and the impression that he made by having a great attitude and working hard. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Tim Tebow has always had a great attitude and he's always worked hard. And so now he's really getting a shot to do something he is 100% not qualified for. Is it his fault? Nope. And he should take the opportunity. That's great. My beef's not with Tim Tebow. It's with Urban Meyer. And you go, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's not a good player. He's doesn't really have any background of coaching. And now you kind of overcomplicate your locker room. Because Tim Tebow, if not anything else, he is a lightning rod for opinions. He's one of those players where you're either on one side or the other. He is polarizing. So why bring the undue stress on your locker room, on your program, and it's because Urban Meyer's a college guy. He used to running things the way that he wants them. And he wants guys in there that will do the things that he wants them to do to build the program he wants to build. And that makes sense. I get it. You know, you want people that you're comfortable with, people that you trust, people who will continue to uh, pass your voice along, so to speak. We see Tibbs does it every time he gets a coaching job. Who does he go and get? Taj Gibson and Derrick Rose. Every coaching job he gets, Taj Gibson, Derrick Rose come to the team. Why? He wants people that he can trust. People that are an extension of who he is. More power to you. I get it. Go for it. But it better work. It better work or he's going to be out of there quick. Right. The first stories that we start to hear where this is some some BS. Right. Coming out of the Jaguars locker room. Ooh, buddy is going to hit the fan. Now. If they're winning. That may just kind of solve it all. Because usually if you win in games, people will overlook the shortcomings, the questionable decision that that may be being made. So it better work and you better win or it's coming down. It will come down. And that brings us to our next number here. And we're going to end off with a little bit of sports. The NBA Academy opened in 2009 in Johannesburg, South Africa, which has led to the Basketball African League, where you have these 10 teams that were already established based on the research that I've done. It's not a ton of stuff out there, but these 10 teams were already going. And so the NBA gathered them for 
kind of a league. Uh, it will more closely resemble a tournament to really get some on-the-ground exposure in Africa. Now, they've got over 40 players either from Africa or their parents are from Africa in the NBA right now. Joel Embiid, who I think should be the MVP, right? He's been dominant. You got guys like Pascal Siakam, Luke Richard Mbamute, D'Lo, I know you will appreciate that name. Right? And many, many others. Serge Ibaka, who's playing for the Clippers, who are about to lose to the Mavericks. And so, I just thought about it like, wow, this is a great idea because it's shedding more light on African players, people who paved the way like Hakeem, like Matumbo. And for the new generation of players as well and the guys that we have never heard of so here's a name Amadou Gallo Fall he is the president and quote unquote godfather of the basketball community in Africa shout out to him he says that within the next 10 years this African basketball league will be the best league Outside of the United States. Now. Whew, big shoes to fill. But more power to you. There's definitely. A ton of talent down there. So I hope it does well. I hope it brings more light. More eyeballs. More support. To Africa. And what it has. To offer. Because I think the Basketball African League will be huge. I honestly do. It's got a ton of potential. There's only 10 teams right now. And then that has the the room to grow and be something very special. And I did think for a second, could I make a team in this, uh, in this league here in Africa? Could I? Because I fancy myself a, a decent basketball player. I think I'm a pretty good athlete, and I'm pretty smart when it comes to basketball. I'm not the most skilled basketball player, and I'm only 5'8 and some change. But I feel like I'm a very smart basketball player, and I can play with other people pretty well. Okay? So that did cross my mind. Hmm, Mr. Rambles. You think you can make this league? Ain't nobody going to the basketball league. I'm sorry. You know, that's kind of far-fetched. It's, it's just not happening. But it did cross my mind. Okay, here we go. Last topic, and then we'll go to today in history. Simone Biles has not lost an event since 2013. What are we talking about? Simone Biles is flat-out Amazing. Amazing. I mean, the sheer dominance, she's named her own, I don't know if you want to call them tricks, but her own moves, her own style. She's had to name things because she made them up herself. Other people are just not able to do what she can do. So I just wanted to give Simone Biles a shout out. Simone Biles does not know me. And she may or may not ever hear this. But I live in Houston. 
She's from Spring, Texas. She's been doing her thing for a long time. She has not lost an event since 2013. That's sheer dominance. And so I was trying to think what other athletes have been dominant in that way. And the one person I thought of off the top of my head was Floyd Mayweather. But with him, he can choose his opponent. A lot of times he was kind of ducking people and not fighting people at their best. Right? So Simone Biles, she just goes and she competes in the event. And whoever shows up, shows up. And they're going to lose most likely. So shout out to Simone Biles. That segment was for you. Now, today in history, May 27th, 1963, Jomo Kenyatta becomes the prime minister of Kenya and a year later becomes the first president of the founded nation of Kenya. So he was basically the father of Kenya. He brought this thing to life. He was the first prime minister, the first president, all the way until his death in 1978. So shout out to you, Jomo Kenyatta. Shout out to Kenya and shout out to Africa. They made the episode twice. So without further ado, we are coming to a close but of course like share follow subscribe download rate review okay and before this episode ends call to action share this with someone someone you know will enjoy it tell all your buddies about it because it's a great podcast you like it they'll like it And how will they know if you don't share? There we go. I think I hit all my buttons. Follow me on IG at underscore Tony Rambles underscore. Once again, this is your host, Tony Rambles. And I will see you all in the next one.